Hi, everyone. I am Rendy Cherney, the host of Snack Break with Source. Every Monday through Thursday, we take 20 minutes to cover hot topics in commercial architecture and design, including new product releases, designer stories, industry leaders, and the impact of design. If you're tuning in live, know that you're automatically muted, but you can use the chat feature to ask questions. We'll be sure to answer any that you have. You can also find a video of recording on of this on demand at tothesource.com or subscribe to the audio on Apple or Spotify podcast by searching Source Snack Break. Today is Tuesday, the kickoff of our Transparency Tuesday series. And so we're gonna be talking about the impact you can make as a designer. Today, we're talking to one of my favorite people. It is Terry Campbell with Sustainable Northwest Wood. And we are gonna be talking about FSC. I'm excited. Um, Terry, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like what brought you to working with wood, to working with sustainable wood? Like what, what brought you to this and why does it have meaning for you? Sure. Well, thanks, Ren, for the opportunity to kick off Transparency Tuesdays. Um, and um, yeah, I started, I moved to Oregon in 1999 and I uh, was after a couple years in Washington, D.C. of trying to find a job with a big environmental group, which I never found, which is probably <laughs> one of life's blessings, um, uh, I decided to, uh, to kind of pack it up and move out here um, to where my brother was living. And the initial idea was just to go sort of back to school and get an environmental science degree or policy degree. But I got lucky and got a job with a nonprofit called the Certified Forest Products Council. And they were there at the very onset of, uh, of, of the lead program and trying to, um, and back then FSC was a much bigger component of the lead program. And so we were responsible for helping architects and designers learn about sustainable forestry, find FSC products, learn about the power of FSC. And, um, and since then I've just sort of stuck with it. It's just a very um, sort of interesting industry to be a part of and uh, on both sides, both in the forest products industry and on the design green building side. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Sweet. Um, and I know you're, we're going to talk about FSC certification, but can you talk a little bit about um, your company, Sustainable Northwest Wood, and how it, um, how you got to work with them and sort of their interesting business model? Because I know there's a nonprofit side and there's a for-profit side, and it kind of has to do with your mission as a whole. Can you talk about that a little bit? You bet. Yeah. So Sustainable Northwest, is, uh, as the nonprofit, has been around in this region for about 30 years. And in 2008, um, our president, Ryan Temple, was uh, worked there and ran a program called Healthy Forest, Healthy Communities. And that was an eight-year effort to provide business assistance um, to small, medium-sized rural businesses that uh, focused on production of wood products, forest products. Um, after eight years of that, Healthy Forest Healthy Communities decided that what they really needed was a for-profit business that could buy the materials uh, from them. So this nonprofit um, went out and got funding from some of its funders to start a for-profit business. So, um, so that kind of helps guide our mission on a daily basis that we are connected to this nonprofit and there is a sort of potential dividend or profit share from our efforts that go back to the nonprofits programming. And that programming is important because it plugs into sustainable forestry still, it plugs into water issues in the region, it plugs into clean energy. Um, and so, so yeah, so when people spend money with us, we keep the lights on and pay the employees. And then at, at the end of the year, when there's money left over, 
some of that can go back to the nonprofit. So very unique um, and again, helps kind of uh, through line the sustainable mission of both the nonprofit and the for-profit. That's um, great. Yeah. That's, so, I love that because in the world of nonprofit, that is kind of the struggle of like, how do we make, how do we keep the lights on and how do we make sure that our mission continues and that our work continues? And so if you can find something that basically it becomes like a circle of the nonprofit helping the business end understand what's important and then the business end doing that and then supporting that, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's nice because, you know, business definitely, the term business or, you know, gets a bit beaten up because we've seen it do some pretty really bad things, but yeah. it's not always, it's sort of how you, humans use it. It's just a tool, right? And if yeah. you, you can use it for positive social and ecological change, it's, it's kind of how we, we go about it. I love it. So let's get into FSC. What is FSC and how did it start and where does it come from? And mm -hmm. what is sort of the background of FSC and what is it looking to do? Sure. So the Forest Stewardship Council um, started in the early 90s, sort of as a result of the, the Rio Earth Summits. Um, and at that time, a lot of European policymakers were trying to find ways to um, to preference products that came from the tropics. So a lot of European product, forest products in Europe are imported from the tropics. They are in the U.S. too, but I, I feel like the, the, the founders of FSC were, were European based. Mm -hmm. so they were trying to find a way to preference forest products that came from better managed forests than just like sort of slash and burn clear cutting. Mm -hmm. And so they developed this certification program um, because boycotts were found not to really be effective because if you boycott a wood product, um, basically the owner of that land um, is just going to convert that to something they can sell. So in the Brazilian Amazon, right, it's a lot of soybeans and sugarcane and that sort of thing. So if you put value in forest products, but you put a preference on forest products that come from forests that are going to be managed to a, a high standard, then you, you can kind of put your money where your mouth is. And so that's where the Forest Stewardship came, Council came from. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, so there's an international organization um, and then there's a US based one as, that takes care of us here in, uh, in the United States. Um, and, and what does it look at? Like, what is the, in order to be FSE certified, what does that mean for someone? I guess that gets to our next topic, which is how does, how does it happen? What is the process? But like, what does that look like? Is there a difference between the European standard and the American standard? Like sort of what is the nitty gritty of, if you're a manufacturer, if you're a uh, forester, if you have a forest, like what is entailed in that? Yeah, yeah, so you've touched on a couple of things. So one, there's two different sets of the, the certification falls into two categories. One is forest management, which is pretty obvious, takes care of what goes on in the forest, what are the changes? And the other is the chain of custody, which is sort of the, the governing of the certifi certified products through manufacturing, distribution, and then delivery to a job site. So it sounds like we'll focus a little bit more on the forest management right now, but that, that so what's different and the standards for that forest management do vary uh, in the different regions of, of the world. And in the US context, even, they vary by area. So there is a working group in the on the Pacific coast that sets FSC standards based on how forestry is typically done out here, um, just because they are, the, the um, forestry is regionally centric. So you couldn't take a forest management practice that's practiced in South Africa and apply it to Oregon. It just it wouldn't work that right. easily. And so 
So, so then on the ground, um, what that can mean is a lot of different things. Again, regionally specific, but in the Northwest, a couple of simple points, because this can get really nerdy, and I, think, I don't think we could cover it in our 20 minutes, but like, um, you know, like, let's just look at two things. So retention area is the area that is sort of uh, left in a, in a cut after logs have been taken off the land. And FSC definitely requires more tr standing trees after a logging operation has sort of left than you might get with state law. So what we're comparing is, is state law in Oregon, um, which all lands that are you know, not federally managed have to meet. And so two of uh, these voluntary standards, and the one we're talking about is FSC. So when I'm comparing, I'm comparing it to state law. So, so one area that FSC is, sort of more stringent is in that retention, how much forest you're leaving in that cut zone. Another one that's quite important is, is repairing areas, um, FSE and, and the setback. So what you wanna do when you're looking at a forest um, map and planning out a logging operation is you, you wanna set far back from repairing areas, whether they're fish bearing or not really, because that's our public water. And, and FSC requires a much further setback from those waterways than the state law requires. Got so it. that's two sort of areas that, um, that they but there's, there's more. Got it. And so would a forest, a forester, uh, yes, I think that is the mm -hmm. correct term. <laughs> I'm feeling like that Monty Python moment about like, I'm a lumberjack, yeah. So when the lumberjack <laughs> would like to create a, an FSC certified forest, they will approach FSC and FSC will come in and evaluate how they're managing and how they're cutting down the forest. Is that correct? Almost. So th they may approach FSC, but what FSC is going to do is um, have them uh, contact one of their third party certifying bodies. So the FSC system is a third party system, which means so you have FSC, you have said lumberjack, and then you have a third party. And that third party, in, in theory, has no vested interest if the the lumberjack stays certified or not. Got They're it. just there to take the FSC standard and make sure said lumberjack is meeting that FSC standard. And they issue a report annually, and then um, and, the, and the lumberjack either stays in compliance or is typically asked to make changes to stay in compliance, and very rarely is sort of thrown out in the first year where there's a mistake. So, Got it. Yeah. So this is a, a third-party verified automatically label. So designers can know that this is not something that has just been applied willy-nilly. This is not self-declared. This is third-party verified. Correct. And early on, that was like one of the reasons that I feel like USGBC really supported FSC was because it's an off the shelf tool that can be used for designers who have a million de details to worry about yeah. to ensure that there's responsible you know, wood coming into the project. Got mm -hmm. it. And for everybody listening, USGBC is the um, governing body that does LEED. And so LEED is one of the green building um, certifications that designers use to make sure that their buildings are designed in this sort of sustainable manner. So that's pretty cool. A designer can know that if they're choosing FSC certified products, it will help them achieve LEED credits. Is which is my understanding, yes? Correct. Awesome, we love that. So let's get into the big heart of this. Why should designers care? And how should designers, like what is the story that a designer can tell their client about why this is important and why they should care about it and why they should seek out FSC certified products? 
Yeah, you bet. So yeah, and we work with a lot of clients um, and designers as well. And so it's always key to kind of figure out what the, what the final customer's goals are, what their value metrics is, um, because particularly in the Pacific Northwest or even in the Western region, there are a number of wood products that can kind of meet a customer's or a client's you know, desires from different sources. But in the FSC vein, um, you know, without getting into the really wonky, wonky policy stuff, I mean, Ren's slide here hits on one of them. I mean, recent research is sort of proving that an FSC style managed forest can, can sequester 30% more carbon than again, sort of state industry level. Um, and that research is getting, is, is, it was peer reviewed. So it's, it's, it's sort of, again, not just fly by the seat of their pants on the back of a napkin. And, um, and the same people that did that research in the Pacific Northwest are taking that out to other parts of the country to kind of see how that matches up. So, um, so, so, so carbon is a big one. As I already mentioned, water is a big one. Um, when you're trying to maintain biodiversity, I mean, that retention is sort of also very big because in industry standard clear cut can be up to 120 acres. So that's, it's pretty large, um, with very little retention. Um, and, and, you know, and you can kind of see how like, you know, the animals, the flora and fauna are going to be a little freaked out by that. And then a big wide space. in one space. Yeah. A big wide space is a little unnerving to humans and little animals as well. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, once you open up that big of an opening, um, you then need to really mechanically treat all the invasives that want to come into that space. Yeah. And so okay. you kind of set up this cycle whereby you're now mechanically treating with different, you know, chemicals and FSC has rules in the Northwest around certain chemicals uh, use and how they're used as well. Um, you know, aerial spraying from helicopters and planes is still something that's done in the Northwest. Um, FSC doesn't really allow the worst in class uh, for, for managing those, those pests. So, um, so, you know, chemicals, resiliency to fire um, is something else. Uh, there's no sort of peer reviewed research on that, but um, something that, you know, some clients may be concerned about and um, you know, it, it's worth talking about that as far as uh, a forest reissue. I mean, we're seeing pretty epic wildfires, um, you know, every every fall, late summer now. Um, we've been blessed so far this year here, but um, California definitely is having a tough time. Of it, so. And so FSC certified forests sometimes do better at preventing forest fires? They can, yeah. There's okay. definitely some resiliency. Um, again, when you are looking at a forest and you're sort of your baseline goal is to sort of maintain uh, a, a mix of species and age classes when you leave and you have higher retention when it's higher retention you have higher uh, moisture kept on the site mm. and there's really like kind of some awesome groundbreaking research the epa has been doing around water retention on a, on a site after it's been logged in different styles and so just setting up um you know, the forest to have or the land to have more moisture is, is a good starting point. Um, in certain parts of the region, fire is part of the natural cycle, but what we're trying to minimize is sort of the high intensity fires that make the land really hard to come back from. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can we touch on briefly the sort of chain of custody FSC mm -hmm. certification and what that means and why designers should care about not only just the forest that it comes from, but how it is treated after it comes out of that forest? 
Yeah, yeah. So the chain of custody is simply there to manage the FSC claims. So so that the product at the end of the the cycle, the, the chain, if you will, comes out and is truly attached to some FSC force management in that region or in some other part of the world. Um, so that's an annual audit that each chain of custody holder, manufacturer, um, you know, raw manufacturer like a sawmill to a plywood plant to a distributor like us to a cabinet shop almost everybody needs to go through this and that is kind of helps minimize that greenwashing attempt um and so what you do is, is real quick it's just like you're auditing inputs and outputs and you're looking at invoices from vendors to make sure the volumes match up the invoices um for for sold product and um and you know i used to do some of that work and um, yeah, you get pretty intimate with how people buy, maintain inventory, and then sell it, and the records that go with it. Um, so, Got it. yeah. So if this, if we were going to use like a food metaphor, which is one of my favorite things to do, this would be the chain of custody is sort of like, say you have an animal that's being raised on the farm, and the farm is like super sustainable, they're happy little cows, or whatever it is. The chain of custody ensures that not only is the animal cared for when it's alive, but as it gets to the person at the end, the consumer, it is still treated with respect as it goes down. Is that sort of how it is sort of framed? It's more like to use that metaphor, it would be more like the final point of purchase that um, person was in grocery store and they had two choices. They had friendly farm raised and they had large commercial not farm raised and they wanted to make a choice that set their that met their values. By buying the friendly farm raised, there was a set of standards and third party auditing behind that. Got that it. They weren't just a big commercial place putting a green stamp on it, being like, "Look, it's green. You should buy it." His name was Fred. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's that there's there's validity in the claim. That's what the chain of custody is there to really kind of govern. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it does when a designer chooses something, they can feel good knowing that it has been third party verified throughout the life, and they're good to go. And they're good to go. And it came, you know, at some point material was purchased from an FSC lumberjack to go into that FSC product. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Um, so what does the future look like? What are you guys seeing in terms of trends or where policy is moving or how the A&D community is moving? What does it look like to you guys? Yeah, so definitely trends. I mean, there's two big ones that I'm, I'm tracking on right now. Um, you know, uh, well, there's probably three, but we've touched on one already. I do feel like there is a growing interest in uh, designers using more wood and understanding sort of the embodied carbon related to said wood. And, oh, okay, it'd be convenient if FSC, if I could just tack on 30% more or less embodied carbon, depending on what I was calculating. So there's, I see that as a trend for sure. So the embodied carbon and, and, and finding a certification body that's already got a track record that's out there that's gonna help validate those percentages. Um, obviously, mass timber is a huge trend as well. Um, you know, there's, there's seductively a lot of um, potential in lowering and embodied carbon uh, and just using beautiful wood spaces as opposed to concrete and steel. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I feel like the, 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 the information isn't totally out there as to how much embodied carbon we should really be calculating or recording based on using um, mass timber. I think this, the, this, so the research is still kind of like getting finer tuned. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, to that point, um, there are some mass timber plants that are situated near forests that 
aren't currently FSC certified, but they maybe could be. And that means they're mostly federal forest lands. Um, and, um, and, and there's some really great effort uh, in this region uh, to, to go in and restore some of our federal forest lands through uh, forest, these forest collaboratives. And um, we've sort of, with the Northwest Forest Plan that was passed and has been implemented for 30 years almost now, uh, we really haven't done enough management on our forests, federal forests, and they've just kind of grown and grown and grown. Mother Nature's not going to stop growing if there's sun and water. And so now that I feel like with this restoration and these collaboratives that are multi-stakeholders, so you got timber industry, you've got environmental groups, you've got tribal, federal agencies, there really is a nice opportunity to go in and restore some of that that, that sort of public land and not just kind of resort to old habits of big clear cuts because the downside to not doing that is a lot of federal land is in, in, in level two and three for fire risk. And so we could make all of the efforts to minimize our embodied carbon and buy the Tesla and, you know, use, you know, all the CLF light bulbs and everything. And then one match starts a forest fire on a very attractive land. And like, we've just burned up everything. So, yeah. All that carbon. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's a it, it's so that that those are the kind of that's a trend that we're hoping at Sustainable Northwest would to sort of continue to communicate with the design community about is that um, you know FSC is a good tool and it's there for certain products and we'd love it to grow in more products. Um, sometimes again due to land ownership around some mills, um, you know, forest collaboratives and the restoration work on those public lands is also important. And let's find a way to maybe bring some of that material into the supply stream as well. Got it. Um, That's great. Which leads me to my, my final question, which is how are you shaping the market and how is it shaping you? Mm, and the, I mean, the Royal you like sustainable <laughs> Northwest wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with the, with the hard part first, how it's shaping us is, um, I mean, we, I mean, my, myself and my colleagues are uh, always staying in touch with the sort of latest trends um, in the sustainable building world as it relates to wood products. And we like to stay up to speed with all of those things. Um, and again, I kind of hit on one of these things earlier. We're committed to FSC. I, you know, not everything we sell, it's coming from a certified mill. Um, a lot of it does, but that restoration story on federal lands is something that we've been hearing from vendors for a while. And, and, and it's sort of hit a point where it's, it's valid enough to start sharing that story because enough, um, enough research has gone into the, the pros and cons. So yeah. I would say we get impacted and shaped on both sides. Um, and, and that's what makes where we work really nice because we like to have an impact between um, sort of well-intentioned businesses on both sides. So the design and building industry and the forest products industry. And so we act as a conduit between those, both for information and then as um, we use the sort of products to kind of tell the story, if you will. So, yeah. um, and, well, and that, that, like, that, you prove the point a little bit, like you help forests become FSC certified and then you help them sell that product, which then proves that this is a worthwhile effort on their, on their half. That's our goal. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, we do. We do want to make sure that the, the folks who've made the investment, um, yeah, it sees some results from it. Yep. Exactly. I love that. Well, designers, if you're interested in finding some FSC certified wood, you can do that on our site immediately. 
Um, we also next week have an, we have Transparency Tuesdays lined up from now until the end of December. So if you're interested in signing up for another snack break or our next Transparency Tuesday, which is on Cradle to Cradle, um, you can smash that register now button. Um, in the meantime, um, for those of you tuning in live, we're popping in that link there that will take you to the next um, snack breaks. For those of you on the podcast, um, you can check out the episode description for that that link as well. And um, if you'd like to register for you know more snack breaks, we'd love to see you. And in the meantime, Terry, this was amazing. Um, this was super helpful, and I hope designers thought that as well. But it's really lovely to hear that story of sustainable Northwest Wood of both shaping the market and then helping. Um, shape businesses as well because i think that's sort of how we create a sustainable future yeah no doubt thanks uh, Ryan. yeah thanks so much we'll talk to you soon thanks that's good have a good one bye